you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, March 6th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, his NFL scouting combine measurables, 5'8", 160. Now, he didn't run the 40. (laughs) He didn't throw. In fact, he opted out of every single drill except for the three-cone drill. Actually, he eventually balked at that one, too, because it wasn't the three ice cream cones he assumed he was promised. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod, Yammer. First of all, uh, my Lenten promise is not to consume ice cream, number one. And number two, my agent told me not to participate in the drills. It wasn't going to help me. (laughs) That's a great answer. We tease... But let's be clear, listener, Uh, Mr. Yam is a rather athletic young man. He's fit, he's trim, he's quick on his feet. He has that eye twinkle and that skin flush of a man who is not treadmill averse. Mike, if you had to choose a combine discipline, what would it be? The 40, the vert, the broad jump, the bench? What's your strength? Well, I wouldn't want to embarrass anyone on the vert or the broad jump, so I will just burn them on the track and go with the 40. The combine, Indy's track actually looked relatively fast, so Lord knows I could take every fraction of a second. Can you beat Rich Eisen in the 40? Oh, no question. Tight suit pants. He he doesn't have the slim fit, and I'm pretty sure I still could take him in the 40. (laughs) Let's simulcast this. (laughs) I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy and I have been eating my feelings for the past 20 months ever since I learned Gracie was pregnant. Now Henry is approaching 11 months old and in profile it might appear that I have eaten my son. I haven't (laughs) but I have gotten off course. You're not going to get my measurables. Now on today's show Derek Carr headed to New Orleans. How big a deal did he get and did this deal just make the Saints a contender to rep the NFC in the Super Bowl? Where's the Super Bowl? Derek Carr intrigue music. Vegas. How close is Aaron Rodgers to making a decision about his future? Number 12 said he doesn't want to, quote, drag anybody around, implying that a decision could come soon. What will that decision be? What should that decision be? And is it time for the Jets to go all in? Actually, what guarantee should Gang Green get from Rodgers 
in order to make that marriage work? That's a question we will ask and answer. Mike, as you know, the franchise tag window closes shut at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. That's tomorrow as in Tuesday, March 7th. Will the Lamar Jackson deadlock be settled before the deadline? Will the Giants, will your Giants sign Daniel Jones to a long-term deal or will they stick him with the franchise tag? And if they do that, does Saquon Barkley ever play another game in a Giants uniform? You'll hear why LaDainian Tomlinson says no. And you'll hear what Jersey LT sees Saquon in for the upcoming season. Yammer, LT's of GM in the making, and yes. I gotta say he's pretty good at this. So, listener, you will wanna hear that. Plus, why Anthony Richardson just changed everything you thought you knew about the first round of the draft. And finally, running back news for Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, and NFL running back wannabe Jameer Gibbs. But first, this. Oh my gosh. 40 and a half bird. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> four, four, three. That is some gator bait. Michael, you watched it all weekend. It was the scene of this crime against mundanity, Lucas Oil Field, the NFL scouting combine field in Indianapolis. Mike, you watched it happen. Kid ripped a 4 4 3 40, the fastest by a quarterback in 10 years. Now, Daniel Jeremiah says that 1.62 for a 10 yard split is elite. Richardson's 1.53, his vert 40 and a half, his broad jump 10 feet 9 inches, more importantly the throwing portion of the QB drills. My question first to you, it's a hard one to answer, but please help those of us who did not devote as much time to watching the combine as you did. What did you see from Anthony Richardson where it mattered most? in the throwing drills. Okay, so Richardson, I, I do think it's important to go back here just for a brief moment Please. and give some context around some of these numbers because someone will say, how fast was that 40? How significant is it? You are talking about a dude who's 244 pounds. Yes. Our research department did a tremendous job. Check this out. He's 6'4 and a quarter inches. That's taller than George Kittle. He's around the same weight as Hassan Reddick. He's bigger in terms of hand size than DeAndre Hopkins. He's got a vertical better than Devontae Adams, a broad jump longer than OBJ, and that 4-4-3 is faster than C.D. Lamb. Like, think about that from the quarterback spot. And yet, it's I say... It's a supercar. It really is. I mean, and look, Baldy's going to be joining you in a little bit here, and he can really give some, some further context around how significant this is. But from a throwing perspective, because this is really where we net out, right? Yes. He's still a quarterback. I don't know if anything happened at his pro... Or excuse me, at the combine that would, would not cause you to at least go back and say, hey, this guy was 53.8% in terms of completion percentage. That's not accurate at the college game. And yet, in some of his throws without pads, he looked pretty good. You saw some bombs that he threw in the in uh, his pro day workout. He wasn't as sharp as C.J. Stroud, but I thought Daniel Jeremiah did a great job classifying his uh, combine by indicating it was one of the better throwing sessions he's ever seen yeah. by a quarterback. But Richardson was terrific. And I think if you had some doubts, look, we, we had eight mocks up until this point on NFL.com. Seven mocks had Richardson in the first round, which means one of the mocks didn't. So of seven of the eight, his average draft position was 19th. I can tell you this week when Daniel Jeremiah puts out his mock and Lance Erlein's got his, 
Anthony Richardson is going to be a lot better than 19. You can make an argument he has now thrown himself into the top 10, which to me is really significant because we're going to see a run. A year ago, we had one quarterback taken in the first round. This year, I really legitimately think we get five taken off the board. Very interesting. Okay, so let's look again at that number. You threw it out, and it's a stat that is worth repeating. Richardson's college experience was limited to 13 starts, but the 53.8% completion rate Last season, the worrisome number that you referenced, out of 113 FBS quarterbacks, that ranked 105th, bottom eight in the FBS. So that is worrisome. But to your point, Michael, he looked good. He was so thrilled with his performance that he finished off his day, did you see this, with a backflip. Oh, yeah. But even that, and I found that interesting, I'm smiling because of course I'm not taking the blank out of the kid for doing the backflip, but even that he overtorqued yep. and fell backwards. And I wonder if that's the perfect example of what this young man is. So supremely yeah. gifted physically, but the kind of gifts that need to be refined still clearly. Is he a project? Or is he a prospect or is he a pro? If you had to choose between pro, prospect, and project, where does Anthony Richardson fall? And does that answer change after what you saw on Saturday? He, I went from project because of that completion percentage. It's undeniable. If to you, prospect, not to prospect. Pro. He's not a pro yet. I, I don't know how you can go. What was the number, 100 and what, in terms of completion percentage? 105 out Ooh. of 113. Like that, that's a problem. In and the FBS, and let's be clear, how many of those quarterbacks were at the combine? A handful. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll take it a step further. People will say, well, he was a Gator. There should have been a ton of talent. That Florida team was not great. But there's these moments on the field that make you go, holy smokes. You go back to the opener. I watched the game, and I, I saw this play real time. Our guys have talked about it. They've done the XOs. And I encourage anyone to go back. And all you have to do on YouTube is just put in, you know, Anthony Richardson, Utah. It, you'll see this highlight. He's getting chased down, and Utah's defense is pretty good. He basically does a 360 spin holding on to the ball and is able to get out of trouble. Like, that moment you go, holy smokes, like not every guy can do that. That explains why at, at what, 6'4 and a quarter, he's able to do a backflip. Like that athleticism is so unique and so special. Um, the completion percentage, I remember this, and, and Baldy will probably bring this up, so I, I won't use his guy, but there was talk about Justin Herbert not being an accurate passer yes. when he was leaving Oregon. Yes. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me. Let's just call it 55%. Cause it I was. I believe it was right around 55. It was in that neighborhood. It was a tick better than Richardson. And yet, when I talked to the Oregon staff his junior season, they would chart the drops. There was something in the vicinity of 40 drops. And believe me, I watched every single one of his games uh, because of my previous job. He would th right in the breadbasket. I mean, and his receivers just dropping the ball, dropping the ball. So I don't... For as much as I want to... What, too much heat, too much smoke on that ball? They're just not used to catching a some, ball thrown that with that kind of velocity? Some guys just weren't Some guys just don't in. have it. And that's that's that was an issue for, that's those, fair for that team. Look, Richardson sometimes has some questionable throws. There was one he threw in the dirt uh, on Saturday when he was at the Combine. So I, I struggle because I see what the upside is and the ceiling, but at the same time, I know what guys like... Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, what they were able to do at the college level, at a high-level program, as real winners, there's less questions. But you ask me, is he, is he a, a project or a prospect? He went from project to now going, oh, damn, like he's a legit prospect. Okay, he's a legit prospect that prior to this round of mock drafts that you intimated will come out this week. I think Daniel Jeremiah is up to 3.0. We look forward to yep. seeing that as early as tomorrow, I believe. His top 50 will be Thursday. Top 50 will yeah. be Thursday, but his mock draft uh, 3.0 comes out. I don't have that in front of me, but Lance Zerline's 
uh, 3.0 will be... That'll be the first one we look for. Thank you, Lance Zerline. Thank you, Mike Yam. You told us that his average draft position was 19th. You think, based on what we saw on Saturday, that he has played himself into the top 10. Has he played himself into the top 5? And is there a scenario in which somebody is so enamored with what they saw from Anthony Richardson that they make a move all the way to number one. I don't think he's the first quarterback taken off the board. I candidly don't even think he's the second. I think he will be the third quarterback that will be drafted. Uh, I think he put himself in front of Will Levis. So I can assume, so I can infer, you've just said it, no inference needed now. Thank you for, for, being, uh, for being explicit. So clearly, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, still the class of the out for yep. you, Mike Yam, going one, two, in either order, or do you see a specific order? Houston at two, Colts at four. The Bears seem ready to make a move, to move down the draft board. There are so many different scenarios, and it gets tricky once we start to predict. But Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or C.J. Stroud, then Bryce Young. Do you have a preferred order in your head based on how you rate them? I still think it's Young. I thought Young was a better quarterback heading in, and... I know people are going to ding him for not throwing. I think there's a lot of the agent stuff. We'll see him at his pro day on NFL Plus. We're going to be airing it. I think it's March 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. Here, here's where we net out. It sucked watching him. It felt awkward in a hoodie and a backpack around the quarterbacks. Yes. People will tell you, oh, I, I, he's a competitor. He should go out there. And I agree with that. But there is some other things and, and a lot of money involved for these guys and the pressure of not doing anything that's going to hurt your stock. You don't necessarily know some of these wide receivers. You want the controlled environment. And when you're the number one quarterback, and he is, he's still in pole position. So as much, I think the one thing that he loses out on is all the buzz and some questions around competitiveness, which I think will completely go away before his pro day. I think he's going to be terrific at his at, at his pro day, and then he's going to be back in that number one position. Stroud, I think, is still impressive. Those guys are so ready right now. I think there's some questions about Anthony Richardson that give me pause, which is why I can't put him in front of those other guys. Our friends at NextGen Stats, if you go to NFL.com and look up the Prospect Combine Player page, you will see a score, a total score for all of these players. When it comes to quarterbacks, you've got three numbers overall. You have a production score based on what we have seen from this player before. You have an athleticism score that I think is an amalgam between what we have seen, but more importantly, heavily weighted toward what we saw in terms of measurables at the combine and then a total number. C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 215. His production score at Ohio State, 97. His athleticism score based on what we saw just this Saturday, 73. His total number is 85. Bryce Young, his production at Alabama, 99. His athleticism is an estimate based on what we assume we would have seen at the Combine, 82. His total number is 92, and that ranks number one amongst quarterback prospects. Mm. Anthony Richardson, his production score at Florida, a 70. His athleticism score, a 99, yeah. for a total of 82, ranking him third or fourth, I believe, just behind C.J. Stroud. I'm not sure that those numbers tell us anything, but I think they reinforce maybe what you've just said, Michael, which is 
don't necessarily listen to those people who will yell too loudly and bang the table with too much ferocity about the fact that Bryce Young hurt himself by not throwing at the combine. In your estimation, certainly according to these next-gen stat numbers, he is still, in your words, in pole position and fully expects to win this F1 race. No no question. I mean, think about Zach Wilson. I wish I knew off the top of my head what Wilson was before his pro day, but... Wilson put himself into that two spot with his pro day. Bryson is going to be able to solidify that spot. And just for some further context on the athletic numbers, EJ Manuel was uh, on set with yes, us on was. Saturday, a tremendous quarterback, uh, a first-round guy. He talked to Tim Tebow about Richardson, and Tebow told EJ that Richardson is more athletic than him and Cam Newton combined. So. You can go with next gen or you can go with, with a guy like Tim Tebow's eyes. Either way, we net out at the same result. Extraordinary. Should we save a place, Mike M., in our brains and our hearts and maybe on our draft board for Max Duggan? You mentioned his name before. I'm sorry to throw a curveball or, or a breaking pitch in the dirt to you, but there was something about what you saw from him that stood out. What was it? So was we, it a positive? We Look, a 4-5-2-40, I'm looking at some of the numbers right now. That is the seventh fastest by a quarterback since 2003. So really some impressive guys that are out there. You know, we're always looking for the next Brock Purdy. And, you know, I know Baldy can probably speak to this because that was his, his comp. Uh, when he talked about, you know, trying to find that next guy. I don't think Max Duggan is, you know, a day one guy. I don't even know if he's a day two guy. But there is one thing that stood out to me. When you watch our segments that our quarterbacks do with uh, Steve Mariucci, and it's draw my play, what was fascinating to me was the command that he had. And we know Mooch really well here. There was some facial expressions. There were some comments on the side where I was reading Mooch, and I thought to myself, oh, he likes Max, and I should have texted him, and I, I now I'm disappointed that I didn't because I would have been able to give you further context on, on Max Duggan, but his story is really unique, earning a trip to New York in terms of that Heisman, losing the starting job, Sonny Dykes going to him, getting his team to a national championship. There's something to be said for playing football games, and I think he appeared in 47 or so games, 48, something along those lines. So there's a lot of tread, a lot of experience that he's got. So he's a guy to keep an eye out for. And I'll throw one other guy your way. If, if velocity is your thing, because we make so much of speed in the 40, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the kid out of UCLA, 62 miles per hour, the velocity on one of his throws. That's the fastest ever in the combine it actually ties another quarterback who also hit 62 josh allen so something out there to throw josh Once allen again, i've heard of him probably yeah uh interesting uh lastly a couple other names that you mentioned or at least nodded approval on guys who could conceivably be considered winners christian gonzalez gonzalez moving four three eight that's second more like time. it that's that's what you see, and that, that is more of what I expected. Christian was a guy that was being talked about in the teens anyway, but I do think the workout, now there's a real conversation between him and Witherspoon, who that first DB off the board is. I can't help but think that if Gonzalez didn't start his career at Colorado and he started at Oregon, there might have been a different lens around him. CU, and it's not a knock, CU just wasn't having a ton of success, uh, which is probably the reason why Prime is there right now. But he moved on to Oregon. That's the reason why. So I think he's certainly in that mix as well. The difference between going in the teens and going in the top 10, if Christian Gonzalez were to be the first 
D-back off the board. Conceivably, the Eagles might take him at 10. The Eagles have been linked in many mocks to Witherspoon, who of course was sure. absent. If Gonzalez were to go 10th, as opposed to 14, 15, 16, 17, or 18. We've seen him in that range a lot. The difference in terms of signing bonus, the slotted difference, anywhere from five to eight million dollars. So Oof, that was Benjamin's a very, there. yes, I mean, that was a very good investment that Mr. Gonzalez made at the uh, scouting combine in himself. Nolan Smith, certainly, we can't let a conversation about the combine go without Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, again, was upset when he heard that he ran a 444. He'll be glad to know. No, the official time came in at 4.39. I see Brian Baldinger is now in the room. Brian, please do not hesitate. Please join us at the table. I will involve you uh, certainly in an ancillary way before we let Mike go, but I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Nolan Smith, please, Mike Yam. What we saw was extraordinary. Look, people will, t and Baldy can speak to you his playing ability and, and no one watches more tape than Baldy. Here's what I'll tell you with regard to the mocks. This is a kid who played on a national championship team that has been a funnel to the NFL. Georgia has funneled guys to the league now these last couple years, and this season's not going to be any different. If Nolan Smith doesn't miss the last seven games with a torn peck, I have a feeling we're probably talking about him as a top 10 pick. Now, maybe we still are now, but before the combine, he was any. I think DJ's last mock had him at 31. 31 to the Chiefs. I, I don't Look, he's not going to be 31. He's going to be off the board a whole lot sooner than that. So I, 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 do, I do think if he played a little bit more because and he wasn't hurt, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. What's the comp for a guy like Nolan? And I want you to sign off on this, Baldy, here in a second. But do you have one in your mind, Mike? This is where we start. to. It's fun to look for NFL comps for comparative players, guys who X prospect reminds us of Y NFL, uh, you know, star or established player. Is there one for Nolan Smith? You know, Baldy, not to put you on the spot. I don't know if you got a guy. I'm, just trying, to, I'm trying to think of a guy. That he reminds me of Cornelius team. Bennett. That's right. You had mentioned that actually earlier. Alabama. Yeah. First round pick, you know, um, was a great speed, speed guy, guy coming out of Alabama. Wasn't a great pass rusher, but he was a very good football player. Played on four, you know, Super Bowl championship level teams in Buffalo. It was a big part of it. I've heard the name Micah Parsons thrown around a little bit, and I think I heard you actually say the name Micah Parsons vis-a-vis -a, -vis a Nolan Smith conversation, but it wasn't so much a player comp as it was a how-to-use-this-guy comp. Uh, explain. Well, he's training with Chuck Smith in Atlanta, and Chuck Smith trains a lot of pass rushers over the last few years, great pass rusher himself, but he's got a big facility in Atlanta. Nolan's there, and he's just told me in talking about it, especially after what we saw from the 40, was this is a guy that's still raw, to a large degree, um, but he said if you could position him the way Dan Quinn did with Micah Parsons, you could get maybe not the same results as Micah. He's just an unusual, unusual athlete, but you could get production hmm. if you could move him inside, outside, put him in key positions throughout a game. I want to ask you guys about Jameer Gibbs before we move on from the combine because Jameer Gibbs really on Sunday – I think he stole a lot of the heat. He really spent a fair amount of time in the spotlight, and the kid deserves to be there. As we're looking at Gibbs here, talked about Kamara as kind of a comp for he does in the past game. He is a slashing runner, big-time burst. They use him on jet sweeps. They'll get him out in routes as well. Really good in the screen game. Ten total touchdowns. Good start, clean run. 
defense. Better this time too. Fast running backs. I love it. Yeah, me too. I looked at his numbers. He, of course, had transferred from Georgia Tech to Alabama, spent one year at Alabama, 12 games, 12 starts. You know, he had just under 1,000 total yards rushing, but an average of 6.1 yards a carry. He had about 450 yards receiving, but an average of 10.1, I believe, per catch. So his numbers are interesting. His performance was extraordinary. Baldy, I turn to you first because for you, he's kind of a compliss player. There's nobody really that uh, has the speed and his size. I mean, you go back to Jamal Charles. Jamal yep. was bigger. He wasn't quite as fast. I mean, not many backs run 4-3-6. You know, and so you see that speed, though, on the field. You see the burst. LT, you know, during the week it talked about, you know, slow to the hole, fast through the hole. He does all that. But the thing that's encouraging is, A, he's got ability, real ability. But he has under 500 total touches. It means he hasn't been hit a whole lot. He's never lost a fumble. He caught 44 passes this year. Like, the future is all in front of him. Like, this could be a type of back that Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, these guys covet, these guys with top-end speed when you're running some of these zone stretches and you're just looking for six inches of daylight. He'll take that six inches of daylight and go a long ways. If you're the Yenta in the room, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, Jameer Gibbs goes to who? Or to whom? There's a slew say. of teams that I'm sure would love to have him. Uh, you know, I think back to a list that LT had thrown out there. I don't, I don't know if he lasts there. I think it's, it's sort of nuanced here. Last year, you know, we didn't have uh, a running back taken in the first round. This year, we know Bijan Robinson probably will. I think Gibbs is another guy. You know, I think it depends on where Chicago ends up picking and how many draft picks they have in this first round via some trades. Denver's another team that certainly comes to mind. I think the Saints would love to have a guy like Gibbs. Um, those are some of the team. Baldy, I think yesterday on the show you mentioned the Eagles as a possible fit. I got two quick little things here because uh, Baldy just brought up uh, Charles, McCaffrey, and Ingram, the other guys in terms of measurables, yeah. Gibbs is faster than all those dudes. In fact, in our production meeting before we got out there, LT was going to talk about Robinson. I said, Baldy, who's your guy? He kept going to other players, and yet he, we still net back at, at Gibbs. And, you know, we talked about this on air. This is a deep class. Daniel Jeremiah has got 13 running backs with a third-round grade or better, and I think it speaks to how talented Gibbs is because the fourth-ranked prospect that he's got is Robinson, and yet here it is. I mean, those are impressive names, McCaffrey, Charles, Ingram, and yet Baldy likes likes maybe Gibbs, I don't want to say better than those guys, but he's doing things that those guys couldn't do, which is speed. Typically, a guy like Gibbs goes at the top of the second round. Yes. Reese Hall, yes. Derek Henry, yes. uh, Nick Chubb, all the top of the second round. I feel like you're going to fill your quarterback, your edge pass rushers, your offensive tackles, your corners. Like, that's going to fill up your first round. These running backs get pushed back. But, you know, Bijan looks like he's a, a franchise-type player um, and, and attitude and all that. But Gibbs is right on his heels. I feel like he's right at the top of the second round. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, with the co-host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, and the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast, Mike Yam. We have just had a pop-in visit from the titan of tape, Brian Baldinger. I like that. Guys, NFL running backs news to report from the file marked tag, you're it. The Dallas Cowboys have placed the exclusive franchise tag on Tony Pollard, and the Las Vegas Raiders have done the same for Josh Jacobs, or two Josh Jacobs, depending on your perspective. The exclusive tag, of course, means that the contract must be no less than either the average of the top five salaries at that player's position or 120% of the player's salary the previous season, whichever is greater. It also means that the player is not allowed to negotiate with other teams and may not sign with another team should they reject the offer. Guys, Pollard and Jacob's salary this season, should they choose to play on the tag, $10.091 million. That is prologue to this story. Derek Carr betters that annual number by almost 400%. Having agreed to terms with the New Orleans Saints on a deal that will pay him $150 million over four years, $100 million of it guaranteed. For more on the ripple effect of the Derek Carr signing, let's send it over to the TA set. LT, what do you think? Does this elevate them as contenders in that conference? I really think it does, guys. And one of the reasons why I believe instant, instantly it makes them the best team in the division right now. And he's the best quarterback in the division. Can't we say that? I think right that's now. fair to say, right? Right now, he's the best quarterback. And I just think when you look at what he had to deal with in Oakland, in nine seasons, his defense gave up 26 points per game. Think about that. How many games are you going to win with your defense giving right. up 26 points per game? Mm-hmm. Bottom 10 in scoring defense, six of those nine seasons. You go to the Saints, you got, you know, uh, instant offense around you with the receivers, Alave, you mm-hmm. know, obviously Alvin Kamara. But the defense is really where I'm excited about for Derek Carr. He's going to get a chance to play with the defense that can stop people, that can keep people out of the end zone. So that makes him a lot better, and he doesn't have to press. You know, he can let the game come to him and do what Derek Carr has always done, Mm -hmm. put the ball in the end zone. Well, 
I, I, I'm just holding my breath a little bit here on Super Bowl <laughs> contender LT, only Fair because, I, I mean, look, it, you have to do it in the postseason. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can get you to the postseason. We haven't seen them win a lot in the postseason. There's one down there in the state of Texas that hadn't won a lot in the postseason. You know, but I, you have to win in the postseason. And so you have to elevate your game. Do you have the big game genes? And we don't know that. I don't know that. Maybe he does. And maybe with the defense that he's never had before, LT, maybe that makes him play a little more aggressive. Uh, there's a lot of continuity there. He knows Dennis Allen. He was yep. there uh, in Oakland with him, uh, you know, a decade ago. Uh, and the talent around him is pretty good. And the, I think the offensive line should be good. So we got to see. Like, I, they should win the division, and that should get you the home playoff game, all that stuff. He's got to win the postseason. We, got, we have to see him do that. And you can't just anoint him without having ever done it. I did reach out to our Derek Carr whisperer, his brother, David, <laughs> yes. on vacation at the moment. Um, and he says that New Orleans sort of had Derek's heart from the jump, right? It was a good fit. He had guys reaching out to him. Cam Jordan, who we saw on Twitter, Honey Badger, Michael Thomas. He even spoke with uh, Drew Brees after the news sort of started to break. They somewhat made it impossible for him to say no to go mm. over there. So that's a great atmosphere yep. already. It's, always, out the it's always good to be wanted. Yep. Plus, if you think about a great O-line there, 14 games indoors next season. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, sign me up for that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Baldinger, you said something earlier today that I think I cannot allow this story to go without following up with you on. That the biggest winner of the Derek Carr signing may actually be the Chicago Bears. 
Please explain why. Well, because one big chip has fallen. The offseason has started. Derek, uh, you know, car right now to New Orleans. Like, he's not going to the Jets. No. He's not going to Carolina now. Other place, places that people had sort of kind of directed him towards. So you take him out. The, it just makes the quarterback class just that much more valuable now. And, we, you know, the next chip to fall is Aaron Rodgers. And we'll see if he fills one of those teams and one of those needs. But it's going to push this whole – what it's going to make is the need – for these quarterbacks that we saw this weekend throw on Sunday, it's going to push them up, and it's going to make Chicago sitting there. It's, there's going to be a, a huge push to get to number one to make sure you get the guy that you want. So they're going to command, I think, more leverage than you would typically get at that spot. In a perfect world, the Chicago Bears get a great offer from somebody as low as what? Carolina the Raiders at, at seven, the Falcons at eight, the Carolina, Carolina Panthers at nine. at nine, or somebody even beyond the top ten, maybe the Titans at 11. Maybe. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to make two moves, like the Eagles made two moves to get to Carson Wentz. The 49ers made two moves to get to Trey Lance. Like, sometimes you got to make two moves. You know, get to one spot, get land there, and then figure out how you get to the next jump. Like, those kind of things can happen um, as we start getting closer to the draft. Indy, too. Throw Indy, the picks. Well, Indy at four. Yeah. Like, you're sitting there, and they could go to one, and if you're Chicago, you could do a deal with Indy if, they're, if they covet Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, the names that we know. Uh, and then Chicago could get out of four and go, okay, we can get an offense tackle. Yep. We can get an edge rusher. We can get ourselves, you know, another key piece, a running back, whatever, and, and still, you know, have all of our picks. Chicago has a sandbox to play in right now, guys. There they sit at one. Let's remind you of the top ten. Houston at two. Houston has quarterback needs, quarterback questions that remain unanswered. Every expectation is that the Houston Texans will either stay at two and pick the best quarterback available or make a move with Chicago to one and get the guy that they really want. Arizona at three, in theory, they have their quarterback. Colts at four, they need one. I'm curious about the Seahawks at five. They sit there, of course, thanks to the deal for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson on his way to the Broncos. They have that fifth pick thanks to the Broncos. If Anthony Richardson is available for Pete Carroll at five, do you see Pete Carroll pulling the trigger and saying, yes, that's my guy who can learn behind Geno? Or in your world, is Anthony Richardson better off waiting one more pick and learning behind Jared Goff in Detroit? I think he's going to be in Detroit. You do? I think he's going to go to Detroit at six and spend the time with Jared Goff and, and a Ben Johnson who is a dynamic offensive coordinator and can build an offense around anybody who's playing that position like he did a year ago. And the team that's built to run the ball, Anthony Richardson is going to help any team trying to run the ball. Best news for all Lions fans this offseason that Ben Johnson is You returning. can't wait. They've got two first-round picks, but you can't wait. There, there, there's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. It's just going to happen. Okay, so to that point, Mike Yam, four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Let's say Young, Stroud, and Anthony Richardson are now gone by five or six. You've got the Raiders with quarterback questions at seven, the Falcons with a quarterback question at eight, and Carolina, of course, with a well-publicized quarterback question at nine. Three picks, three teams. What, Will Levis? It's Levis is the only other guy, just based off of the fact that Hooker's not healthy right now. I think Hooker still's got an opportunity late in this first round, but I take it a step further. I actually don't think Chicago or Arizona's picking at one and three. I just don't. I don't 
if you asked me what I thought was going to happen, yes. I think Chicago trades down. I think what's going to end up happening is whoever trades up to one is going to get a quarterback. Houston's going to get a quarterback, and I think there's going to be some teams freaking out at three if they want Richardson. I think Arizona's got great leverage to also do what Baldy was describing, which is also trade out of that pick. They have a lot of issues as well. So I think if you're Chicago and Arizona right now, you're in a much better situation knowing that this class is pretty good at the quarterback spot, and we still, once again, are talking about potentially five guys taken at that position in the first round. So I, I just don't think those two teams pick where they are right now. The 2023 NFL Draft begins April 27th. Make NFL Network and NFL Plus your draft headquarters, everybody. But the fact is the New York football Jets, <laughs> forgive me, Yammer, the Jets gang green cannot wait till the draft to deal with their quarterback issues. There is a tacit commitment that Robert Salah has made to Zach Wilson. I'm not sure I'm buying it, but of course there are nothing but question marks at the quarterback position in New York. With Derek Carr, the biggest, I shouldn't say the biggest, the first, the first big quarterback piece off the board, are the New York Jets in a all-in frame of mind right now? And if they're not, do they need to get in an all-in frame of mind to go get Aaron Rodgers? I think they do. I don't think you can just sit there right now with what they have and what they put out there the last two years. I think they have to be aggressive. They have a uh, they have an aggressive they have an owner that wants to win now. They have a general manager going into his fourth year. Um, record wise, they're not any better. They're a better team. He, he's hit on some draft picks, but look, if he missed on Zach Wilson, you better fix it because the problem doesn't go away. Uh, the problem still exists in New York, and that's a franchise quarterback. And if they get in, if Aaron Rodgers is the guy, if you have to over whatever you have to do. If Aaron Rodgers is available, we'll find that out pretty soon. If he's available, I think you have to be all in on it. Mike, is it as important to get your player as it is to send the right message to your fans and your locker room? It's a great question, Drew. I actually don't even know how to answer Maybe that. Maybe the better question is how important is it to send a message of commitment to your fan base and maybe more importantly to the other 52 guys in that locker room? I'm really torn by this because I do think it's paramount that that message gets sent. But I think the if you go down that path and it's not draft, if you go the free agency path to send that message, to me, means Aaron Rodgers. Like if you want to send a message to your fan base that we are all in, then he's your guy. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, though, is the best fit in that city and with that team. So that's why I'm torn here, because I do think you want to send the message. I just don't know. Like, what's the answer, right? Like, is it Jimmy G? Is it a stopgap? That's why I struggle, because I know what the answer is for the city, and there would be excitement there. I just don't think the excitement and that addition would yield positive results. I think he's seeing the world through Giants blue-colored glasses <laughs> and can't really see clearly. Let's assume you're right, Baldy. The Jets get in an all-in frame of mind right now for Aaron Rodgers, and they go hard. What guarantee do the Jets need from Aaron Rodgers to make well, this deal feel like a good marriage that is a win-win for both? Well, I mean, it's got to be a, a commitment from him this offseason. It might not have to be every day, but you've got a young core of talented players in Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and a young tight end that barely played last year, but he's going to be a good player. Like, he needs to be in the building. He needs to be out there at the practice field. He needs to be getting to know these people. He needs to let them know that I'm more than just a hired arm that's going to show up on Sundays in September and be ready to play. Like, that, it's not, this isn't free eight, this isn't the designated hitter yeah. in baseball, yeah. and you just put a big bat in the middle of your lineup. You need 
to build real chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And he has to do that with the staff, with everybody in the building, and they need to see it and his look that, man, I'm so happy to be here. Mike, when you suggest that he may not be the right guy, is that your concern? That's that he's not the guy it. to make that offseason commitment, that he's not the guy not to bristle in the face of a New York press? We saw it in the city that he's played his entire career this past year. I think Scott Pioli characterized it really well on Total Access a few weeks ago. He had said if Aaron Rodgers was there in the offseason this past year, they would have been a playoff team because there was weeks and weeks that went by as this team was mounting losses where things weren't feeling right. But as soon as things started to get and the chemistry that Baldy's making reference to, man, they were in the thick of it at the end of the season. Like, I still couldn't believe by the end of the year, you know, we were playing all these these interviews uh, and post-game press conferences from Rodgers on our show. And I'm thinking to myself, do we really need to do this? This team's not making the postseason. And then here it was, end of the season, they had an opportunity. So I think Baldy hits the nail on the head here. And, like, that to me is the concern if I'm a Jets fan. Let's stay in New York with the New York football giants. Mike Yams, New York football giants. I want you to sit and listen to your elders for a second. <laughs> Elder in this case, uh, Brian Baldinger. Baldy. There is talk that the Giants are going to try to make a deal with Daniel Jones. They obviously have been trying to do this already, but they are going to try to solidify and sign a deal before tomorrow's tag deadline day. Is Daniel Jones worth the long-term investment in New York? And if the answer to that is yes, and they work hard to do that, whether it's by tagging him now and working on a deal or getting the deal done quickly... What does that say about the future of Saquon Barkley in red, white, and blue? Well, I think you have to fix the quarterback position first. That's primary. That's, that's what you have to do. You have to, and you build around your quarterback. And I think Daniel Jones showed enough this year that you can make that commitment to Daniel Jones. Because it's all, the price tag is only going to go up. We saw this with Kirk Cousins in Washington. They just kept franchise tagging him to the point where he couldn't afford him. He's out the door. They haven't fixed the position since. You know, in Dallas, they screwed up. They took care of Zeke Elliott first, and then they end up overpaying for Dak Prescott. Like, it, the price tag isn't going to go down or flatten. To me, make the commitment to Daniel Jones. If you can't afford Saquon, you've got your quarterback, you can find running backs. I don't think that the Giants, where they're at right now, can find a replacement for Daniel Jones. Mike Yam, as the resident Giants fan, I want you to take off the reporter, host, journalist, sure. professional filter for a moment and answer the following as a fan. Are you okay with Baldy's assessment that the primary objective is to take care of Daniel Jones. You're happy with Daniel Jones being the face and the future of your franchise at the quarterback position. Like Baldy said, this is not a designated hitter position. You got your hands on the ball every play. And are you okay with the inference that if that becomes the priority, you are willing to, and I can't believe I'm using this word, sacrifice, giant S in neon lights, sacrifice Saquon Barkley. Best case scenario is the long-term contract for Daniel Jones that Baldy said and figuring out what to do with Saquon, which is probably the tag just based off of that $10 million figure. Tag for the quarterback going to be significantly higher. I'm with Baldy here. Like I hate to say that I'm indifferent on – it's sort of like one of these paths as a fan. It's like whatever happens, happens, right? And that whatever was going to happen is supposed to happen. Daniel Jones, if you would have told me a year ago that we'd be having this conversation, I would have said you're insane. This team overachieved. Daniel Jones, a big reason why, didn't turn the football over. I know Baldy will chronicle on total access, you know, what he was able to do in the running game, but did not turn the football over. Saquon was healthy this year. I think there were still questions about both of these guys heading in. So I, I want Daniel Jones. I want Saquon Barkley. And that's the world that I live in. There's the financial side of it. And I hate to say that. 
I said this, you know, and you gave me a weird look and you called me out in our, our production meeting. I'm like, yo, man, if Saquon's gone, like, I hate to say it, but like, there's still questions about can he do this consistently? You can find another running back. I, I'd love to see some wide receivers. Like, I hope in the first round we're talking about a Zay Flowers type of guy for the Giants. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, I'm glad that they signed him to, to a deal. But this team, the fact that they even got to the postseason with anemic weapons at the wide receiver spot to me is extraordinary. And I do think there's some credit for Daniel Jones, but I'm okay with however this plays out, which I know sounds weird. LT, when you look at this running back position, when you look at a guy like Saquon, who's so pivotal to this offense, what do you do? What do you do with him? Yeah, so, I mean, Saquon is there waiting on what, seeing what's going to happen, obviously, with Daniel Jones. And honestly, I'm not very optimistic as I sit here and look at the cap space. They have the third most cap space, the Giants do. And if you wanted a deal done, you would have got it done already. Mm -hmm. So now we're at the the 12th hour, and we're hoping to get this deal done. I just, I don't know if it happens. I don't, you know, and at the end of the day, Saquon is going to get paid top money from someone else. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. A running back of this caliber, you know, in his prime, the best at his position, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. He's the best at his position, and when he's healthy, you know, he can do it all. There is nothing that he can do in any offense. Mm-hmm. So, I, I you know, I'll say more about this later on where I think he's going to end up going, but I don't think this gets done before tomorrow and Saquon walks. What do you do if you're the Bears? Well, the, the Bears are in great shape. You know, they, they actually have the most cap space, so they can actually go after a guy, in my opinion, like Saquon Barkley if he does become a free Ooh. agent. And then what you do when you partner with, you know, him with Justin Fields, you trade out of that pick. You go get you an offensive lineman to help Justin Fields and Saquon Barkley, and then you have to get you a defensive end. They, we talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. They need help at the defensive end position, rushing the passer. I think you address those positions in the draft. Last question, and it's about the language that our colleague and friend Mike M just used. Baldy, are you okay with this? You can find another running back. You kind of said it yourself. You, you had that as part of your answer just a moment ago. Yes, I understand, guys, that you can find another running back. Can you find another Saquon Barkley? And is the answer... It's not that important. Yeah. It's simply not that important. Yeah, I mean, look. That's how far the running back position has been devalued. I mean, like Kansas City just won a championship with Isaiah Pacheco. Yes, they did. I mean, you could just go through the list. Look at the teams that are in the Final Four and what they have at running back. They don't have Zeke Elliott, the fourth pick in the draft. They don't have Saquon, the second pick in the draft. I mean, it's just the, the, the way that the game is played. Saquon was a valuable member this year. They wouldn't have made the playoffs without him. But... You needed the quarterback to step up. Daniel Jones did. He threw to Daniel Bellinger, and he threw it to Isaiah Hodgins, and he threw it to Darius Slayton. He threw it to a bunch of guys. Sorry, I don't recognize any of those names. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there isn't a Travis Kelsey right. to throw to. Right. But yet they still were able to go to Minnesota win a playoff of game. Without, I mean, Saquon was valuable in that game, scored a first touchdown, all that stuff. But you got to get the quarterback situation figured out. And one thing you know about Daniel Jones, he's committed, he's smart, and he's tough. Like, those are good qualities. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Baldy. And thank you to LaDainian Tomlinson. You heard that clip that we borrowed from TA, the broadcast. Now we turn to some breaking quarterback news in the NFL. What's the latest on Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? What's the price tag on Geno Smith in Seattle? Ian Rappaport is here with answers. Baltimore Ravens are trying, and that much is clear. They are making efforts to get Lamar Jackson to a long-term or short-term deal, something more than the franchise tag, something to lock him in in a way that they just have not been able to. In fact, Eric DaCosta talked 
earlier this week about going down to Florida, meeting with Lamar Jackson one-on-one. Remember, Lamar does not have an agent, so any negotiation with DaCosta is basically him and Jackson talking and trying to figure out a way to get this contract situation, which has lingered for more than a year, handled. Just doesn't seem like there's been engagement from Lamar Jackson's side. How much does he want a long-term deal? I think that remains to be seen. Either way, it's clear the Ravens have not given him whatever he wants. Otherwise, he would have agreed to it. If he is not done, if this is not done by tomorrow, he will be franchise tagged. It's just a matter of which tag does he get. Ian, it's a big payday for Geno Smith, more than a decade in the making. The NFL's Comeback Player of the Year is now officially back in Seattle. Sources tell me and colleague Tom Pelissero that Geno Smith has agreed to terms on a three-year, $105 million deal to stay in Seattle, be their starter, and move forward at a place where he resurrects his, his career in a, in a way that I would say few people saw coming. As far as the details on this, probably the most important contract note, he gets $52 million over the first calendar year, not first season, first calendar year, still more money than Geno Smith has ever made in his career, and for sure, he has earned it. So he is their starter for the 2023 season. I wouldn't rule out Seattle with the number five overall pick taking a quarterback and developing him. But if that happens, going to be behind Geno Smith. Oh, man. Comeback player of the year. Like you mentioned, first Pro Bowl appearance going in 2022. You'll love to see it. It's never too late. That's the motto when it comes to Geno Smith. I want to thank today's special guests, Mike Yam, Brian Baldinger, and I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow when we examine the following. Why Bryce Young may be feeling a combination of pressure and regret after not throwing at the combine. Plus, we are putting the pro in prospect for three draft day running backs, and we will reassess the NFL landscape, resurvey, I suppose I should say, the NFL landscape post-franchise tag deadline. The franchise tag deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, Tuesday. That deadline will have come and gone by the time we record. We will tell you what happened. What happened to Lamar Jackson? What happened to Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones? For all of that news, join us tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? 
Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.